Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up? My brother, what's going on? Good, man. How are you? Man, I feel immaculate, man. I've been having actually a, a pretty blessed day with some amazing ideas and execution on the ground. So, you know, uh, I'm interested to get in this conversation. I know it's not a lot going on right now, so it's probably we have to figure out what to talk about. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we do these things. We've done these a few times, State of the Culture. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what I need to our third, fourth, something around that. Back by popular demand. So if you don't know, me and nineteen people done a few things, and you know, add our perspective, add some solution, add you know our take on it when it's important. And um, now is an important time. I think there's a lot going on. You know, we talk all the time offline, and I'm like, you know, sometimes those offline conversations need to come online. So um, we're going to talk about a few different things, man. It's a lot to talk about, to say the least, to say the least. So um, I'm not sure. I guess let's start in London. Let's start Let's start with the London situation. Yeah, let's start in London. With some, some level of um, positivity first. And, um, you know, for anybody that wasn't aware, we went to Royal Albert Hall in London, myself, Troy, uh, 19 Keys, Ian Dunlap, Wall Street Trapper, Trisha Brett, MGO Mortgage Guy, Seth the Mortgage Guy from London, um, Tabidi Stevens, um, 
so many different people. I don't want to forget anybody's name, but so many different people. And, you know, it was a historic event, um, Royal Albert Hall, uh, one of the most prestigious venues in the world, um, you know, sold out over 4,000 people in, in, a, in London. Crazy atmosphere. It felt like a show. Um, no, no musical performance, no celebrities, just education. Yeah. People don't. It, it's just it was just an amazing experience. So first and foremost, I wanted to thank everybody in London for showing us so much hospitality, so much love. Shout out to everybody from America that came over. And um, you know, we was just talking about that man. Just like you know, that was just a, a moment in time. And it's just crazy that you know, no blog site or no other publication at Mass has picked that story up because um, that's not normal. Um, you know, yeah. we think of Royal Albert Hall, that's where the Queen spoke, that's where, you know, the Beatles played, that's where Adele sings, that's where, you know, um, Jay-Z performed. So this is the equivalent of, like, Carnegie Hall, but even bigger. Um, it's hard to give it a comparison in, in America. So for us from America to come over there, it has never been done before in history of Europe. For the whole entire continent, there's never been anything done like that from foreigners or from people from the country that have financial literacy um, pack it. It's it's just it's never actually been done in the history of the continent. So for that to happen for the first time ever for the history of the continent, and for it to happen, you know, Europe, you, Europe, you thinking of colonizing of white people. So the first time that it ever happened in the whole entire history of the continent was black people from mm. America. Um, it's a little disheartening that nobody has picked this story up. Yeah, I, I think it's very telltale. It's very telltale because, you know, walking on that stage and, you know, when I walked on stage, you know, we had a, a grand entrance, a grandiose entrance. But when you walk on that stage, man, um, and the way that it's like a fishbowl, right, and you feel very personal, you feel very connected to the crowd, and, and it felt like, you know, I could imagine a gladiator walking into a coliseum Right, and you can feel that energy, that circular energy of all of the people around you. The only thing I could do when I walked out of there of screaming people that is in the audience was put my hands up and embrace it. <laughs> that that's what it gave me the energy and I just embraced the energy and then I turned that into a fist because I felt like this was about me embracing it, then I put the fist up and it was about the people. And you know, I think I wonder if part of it is that we don't know how to report good news in our culture. I think that the machine of media is completely an arm of negativity and entertainment that we don't know how to report good news in our culture whatsoever. So if one of us does something bad, it is blocked, it's recorded, it's streamed, it's shared, it's politicized. People put all of their comments on it. Celebrities we didn't even know knew us. Everybody has an opinion on it. They share it. It's on a front page to post it, to engage in their fans and commentary about it. It's everywhere. It's viral. And so I, I said, like, if you're not sharing the good, I don't give a fuck about your opinion on the bad. Like, you invalidate your total existence of anything you have to say a hundred percent and as black media specifically you invalidate your platform if your platform is not to share good news in the black culture 
Like, what else do you have your platform for? So you have to think about it like, ask yourself, why are these people building platforms if it's not to share the type of news, particularly like this? And it's not, to, don't say that they don't know about it. We're very hard to ignore. We're very hard to ignore. We're everywhere, you know? But what happens is, is that during these particular times, I think one of the greatest quotes is that what you say, your, your words and your silence will both be judged. Like, I want you all to think about that. Your words and your silence will be judged during these times. When you are silent during acts of injustice, you're judged by that, right? And then when you speak against things that are good or on code or you're being off code, you're judged by that as well. So the people will be looking at these platforms and you don't want history to record that you were silent Right. As we were manifesting these things to be brought into reality, because that's violence. Silence is violence. It's saying that we don't want nobody to know about y'all. It's like blocking a person. It's like trying to shadow ban them. It's saying that, no, nah, I know y'all doing good. And I can't think of a single bad thing that y'all have done as far as how the impact is going directly towards these young men and women out here. And y'all doing exactly what we want y'all to do. But I can't use my platform to support y'all. Why? So I'm not going to tally a guess as to why I'm going to let y'all think about that. Why? What is the spirit? What is the spirit of our people? What is the spirit of some of the people that's here watching? What is the spirit that we have for each other when we have all of the passion when something negative happens, but none of the passion when something good happens? And that's true. And there's responsibility. And it's not just, you know, you can't look at pages as like, these are just Instagram pages. No, they're media, they're media outlets. Mm-hmm their media outlets because nobody's reading new papers, nobody's listening to the news. But they are going to Shade Room. They are going to the spiritual world word. They are going to academics pages. So these are actual media outlets. So with a media outlet comes responsibility. And you, my thing is like you can post whatever you want, but you have to look yourself in the mirror when the only thing that you're publishing is celebrity gossip and negativity. I mean I understand that that's what people are interested in, but why not have some level of alternative narrative? Because that didn't we prove that this what people interested in as well. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. Why don't you just have an alternative narrative? Because it's obviously people are interested in that as well. And you are not helping by continuously posting things that are not beneficial. It's nonsense. And you, you keep posting the same things. And shout out to like little Uzi Vert. I'm a big fan of his, but how is he? He goes viral for dancing on top of a car, and I see every every outlet posting that. But how is that helpful? And how is that beneficial? Mm -mm. And and you can't. And, and that to me says that you can't have any criticism towards the youth and any of the antics and actions if you don't promote anything inspiring, right? In a way to where they can follow it. That's a consequence that can help them better themselves. So if you only promote the things that are negative and then you look out in the world and say, why are these young men killing each other? What do you mean? What do you promote? With your platform, don't you only promote distractions and escapism? And don't you only promote celebrityism of an entertainment culture and you never present options, solutions, or anything good that these young men and women can be inspired by as an option and an alternative? 
If you don't do that, then you're perpetuating the things that you complain about. So you literally are, are an op. You are a part of the problem. You are in opposition to the good things that happen. And so, you know, I've had, you know, some of our peers that are in media, they, they told me to their face that they, they don't want to put on smart shit on their on platforms. Not unless niggas is paying. Let's be honest. When you say, look, all right, so here, here's the game of reality, right? You know, if, if niggas is not paying to put out something good for the culture, niggas don't want it on there. But you can come on here and talk about your beef with another black man. You can talk about your issues and your problems, and they don't mind capitalizing off that. And they're going to scream and they're going to cry. You understand me? When somebody dies and something happened, but them same niggas will charge you to put out information that's positive because they're going to say, well, no, nah, that shit's too smart. That's not what the hood wants. That's the fucking lie. And that shout is a out, lie. Shout out to my guy, Dion. I see him in the comments in Revolt. And y'all know that we work with Revolt, Revolt's family. Yeah. And I, I actually Revolt. rock with Revolt. I think Revolt has done the best job as far as trying to diversify their content because unfortunately we understand that negativity is always going to be popular. It's an uphill battle, but you know, they've actually have done a good job of, you know, programming that is going to be beneficial. Yeah. But we, but, it, but there has to be that across the board. Like, there has to be that across the board where it's just normal. Like I said, it doesn't have to be 100% of the programming from every single blog or, or Instagram page, but mm -hmm. at least 15% of programming that's beneficial, right? And, and this right. goes for all of the blogs, all of the Instagram pages, all of the influencers that's putting up content because you keep putting up the same content and it's not beneficial and it's harmful. And the thing about it is that we keep, we always try to like, like Torre, um, shout out to him, but he put a post up about how hip hop music um, is not the reason of crime. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, at some point, we got to be honest, right? Like, yeah, of course, poverty, of course, all that. But to say that music is not something that is, been, is not harmful is a lie. It's, a, it's actually been extremely harmful, and the majority of it is not beneficial. And the majority of the, of the, the influences that are on social media are not beneficial when we're just hearing about celebrity gossip and this person cheated on this person and Nick Cannon's having his 13th child. How is that beneficial? How is Nick Cannon having his 13th child beneficial to your life? To, I don't know. How is that? How is that something that's going to be beneficial? How is that something that is going to be inspirational or something that a young boy is going to look at and aspire to? I'm not knocking Nick. Shout out to him. Salute whatever he wants to do. But I'm, what I'm saying is that why why are you publicizing every single time he's having a child? And, and, and I think that the reality of it is, is that we know our power. You understand me? And the, the brother Dion says something um, key. You know, we prove that we don't need them. Right. And, you know, when me and you talk, we always talking about the solutions to these things. And we was talking about how if you create a blog culture around what we do, Right. It helps influence and it helps validate. Right. This new culture that we represent. Right. Because a uh, 100 percent music is the soundtrack that influences people. Music is the most influential thing on the planet Earth. Right. Because people listen to music over and over and over. It's hypnotizing. Right. It's the soundtrack. When a person want to go kill somebody, they literally put on a type of music to put themselves in the mood to condition them so that they can go out there and commit a crime. Right. So 
we know the reality of it is that you got to change the frequency because the dominant frequency wins. If the dominant frequency is that of a death culture, a destructive culture, right, then therefore that's the frequency that people, especially that are highly influenced, that are in impoverished environments, that's the one that they're riding on, right? But if their environment is immersed in education and knowledge and inspiration, then it forces them to have a different outcome because that's all they know. Right. We are people that just get programmed and we are very emotional people and it's easy to program people through their emotions. So we can make a list of who is the top 100 most influential people within our culture and our media. And if you go to them, you say, well, listen, here's the solid program. We really want to push. Right. What these brothers is doing. Look, they had 10,000 people here. Look, they had 5,000 people. Could y'all help them get it to 50,000 people? Could y'all help them reach 500 million people? Like if, if, if you really care. Now, they got to say yes or no, but we got to start putting that out there so people know to say, well, listen, man, we brought the program to the people that y'all consider to be on code, that y'all consider to be a part of the culture. But the reality of it is they denied us. They said they don't fuck with us. They said that this don't make enough money. They said that this doesn't directly go with their business plan. So we had we can't look at everybody. And, and that's why I look at the difference between race and ethnicity. Everybody may be you may be an African origin. You may be a black man melanated. But do we have the same ethnic background? Do we have the same uh, faith and belief system on where we actually want the culture to go? Do we speak the same language? So we get confused a lot because you look like me, but you don't think like me. Our values is not the same. So there's a lot of people and that when we see a lot of people speaking out on things that are counter to what we think would be on code to a good culture is because they have a completely different ethnic background. Their beliefs are different. So they shouldn't even be qualified to even speak. They should not give the credit of saying that that's a black business. It's not. Not the type of what we're talking about when I say I look at a brother like Rashad and he want to use all his time to educate people. I see a brother like him, honey, he want to use all his time to educate people. Alex good energy all the time to educate people. That's a completely different ethnic group inside the black culture, right, than somebody who uses all their time to talk about how I came from the hood, I just want to kill niggas and rob them and take those bitches. What 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 Nas say say, see niggas in black, there goes a loud difference. There goes a loud and at some point we gotta have a real conversation like shout out to Alex. He just put Jamaica just banned violent. At some point we gotta have some level of responsibility what we're what we're endorsing and what and, and they gotta be opposition. We gotta draw opposition from shit that's detrimental and harmful. And you said something that was very key a long time ago. You was like, you know, the rappers a lot of they always say like this is just my environment. Well, Put it how you put it, because I don't even want to. I don't want to misquote you. It's one thing to reflect your environment. It's a. It's another thing to reflect what you want to see in the environment, right? So you have your reflections, and then you have your aspirations. Like I come from the hood, but I don't talk about the shit that I did in the streets all fucking day long, right? Because all of them guys that talk about that have now had new experiences, but they don't talk about that. Right. But why? Because they are on code with the corporations who also don't care. And most of the music is anti-black. It's all anti-black. Right. You know, damn well, Martin Luther King wouldn't like it. You know, Malcolm X wouldn't like it. Why? Because they're going to be like, that shit is detrimental to our people. Yet niggas go get them tatted and get big chains on them like they representing those ancestors. You, you, you can easily come from an environment and say, well, I come from that's what I know. Well, what do you want to see in that environment? Do you want to see it get better? And if you believe that your music has the ability to create that influence and reflection, 
then why not talk about the things that you wish to see? You know, we we not gonna say I came from a broken household, so now I'm about to rap about broken households only and perpetuate that, rather than say that well I'm gonna rap about how I made a shift and I made a change because my father wasn't there, but I'm not gonna be the same. And that was his bars too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's just it's 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 time, man. Because at the end of the day, you can only have you can only have so much patience before you just have to just be honest. You guys have to be honest, and this brings us to the, you know, unfortunate, you know, situation of um, takeoff. Rest in peace to takeoff. And mm -hmm. uh, we was in Paris. I got the news. They kind of just ruined my whole day. Like I, I couldn't even believe it. Honestly, like I took the train to Paris, and I woke up, and they're like, "You heard about takeoff? He died." And I'm like, "It took me a minute to even understand." I'm like, "What do you mean takeoff? Like, Migos, one of the greatest rap groups of all time. Like, that's not. Mm -hmm. Of course, anybody dies. That's tragic. But he's like a. You know what I'm saying? Like." Yeah, he's a, a, a cultural treasure. Yeah, and then like you know, in the, in the alley, in the back of an alley, and of a dice game, it just it didn't make sense to me. Like it's just I'm like that. How does that happen? But it's 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 so many things to unpack from this situation. First of all, so like I said, first of all, rest in peace to him, and you know, yeah. prayers to his family. But it's like um, once again, and. You know, there's a reason why, not to cut your wisdom, but there's a reason why you don't see the Lupe Fiascos, right, and the J. Coles of the world, you know, and, and people who make a different particular type of music getting killed. And and, and we don't, you know, anytime you, you, you want to make something, you want to make a change, you're going to look at what are the things these things have in common. You start looking for common threads, right? And so... We don't take responsibility and accountability whatsoever in this culture. We go cry. We go say we need to do better. We go say we need to change. But, you know, any good detective, right, is going to start looking for connections. What do these things have in common, right? And the music is the most, you know, connecting force that these things have in common. The influence, the, uh, the vibration, the frequency, the lyrics. So if... These type of rappers, you know, we see that consider themselves to be street, consider themselves to be gangster, consider themselves to talk about a particular type of lifestyle. If these are the brothers that's being taken out the most, right, then we know that there's a commonality and there's a thread of things that need to change. Because I see, I've seen all of the names that was on there talking about they don't want rappers to be taken down for their lyrics in court. And I believe that, yes, you should have a certain artistic integrity. But if the reality of it is, we know niggas be talking about shit that they be doing in their lyrics, and they want to brag about putting niggas in a, in a pack. They talk about putting niggas in a pack. Then they go out there and rap about it, and somebody's mother got to hear that over and over and over, and we as the culture supposed to stand up behind that shit. You niggas is demons. Like, let's be honest. If you killed my child and you rapped about it, then somebody going to want to murder you. Like, that has to happen. So when we, we stand up in front of that, right, and we be like, nah, we got to stand up for that. What about lyric reform? Right? What about changing the things that you rap about? How you gonna talk about killing niggas and then tell the culture, y'all need to stand up. I should have my right to talk about niggas that I killed or talk about crimes that my homie done did. Or, like, we gotta, come on now, that's a strategy. We gotta make a fucking difference. So if you niggas really care, right, then that means that you would change your way so that you won't get caught up in the same thing. Niggas know not to snitch on themselves. You understand? I'm from Oakland and I grew up in St. Louis, so I, I know the streets very well. You understand me? I understand that niggas shouldn't be rapping about their crimes. That's not hard to do. We see niggas getting caught up for Ricos. So 
the the problem is is though you know the activist community will support that and push that right but we don't get that same support on the side where we pushing out the cure for these issues and these problems but i think that what we need to change is to say that we can be heavy on the activist side because activism is just moving people showing them what the problem is is activating them but sometimes we got to make sure that our activists are pushing towards supporting the solutions as well because if i get killed man i'm on everybody's page Man, y'all marching for me. But as I live and breathe and make decisions that are good and, and we bring people together and educate them so that we can destroy the crime rates, destroy the poverty rates, so that it don't get to the point where niggas are killing each other because they have more options because they're educated, right? There's no support for that. So what I start to see is like you get so caught up in a system that you can't actually help change it. So you become another arm of it and what we do it because we're so independent and we realize that ain't nobody is coming behind young black men educating and they ain't propping this up like this shit ain't the most important work in the world when you can get 3,000 plus people all the way across seas in the most prestigious event in the world. And y'all want to act like that's some normal shit? But a nigga have a song talking about niggas and bitches that become a hit or he talk about Megan Stallion in the lyric. All of a sudden, everybody need to talk about that shit. Come on, man. Like, how low are we? And then we, we, we mad that other people treat us like we divided. Obviously, we are. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, to me, I'm just, I, I got so much common sense. I could take this shit to the bank, you understand me, and get paid off of it. Like, it, it, it just don't make no sense to me. I mean, you brought a lot of good points. The, um, the lyric reform thing is, is brilliant because it's like, yeah, you keep fighting for these things and you keep chanting, you know, let them say whatever they want. And, and it's like, you know, prison reform and like Kanye said, but you're not, but you're rapping about things that's going to get you into prison. And that's not a shot at Meek Mill because I rock with Meek Mill, but that's just in general for rap artists. And it's like, at some level, like we're not, we're not going to have no level of intelligence at all. Like how is this intelligent? How is it intelligent to keep rapping about killing people and taking drugs and taking prescription cough medicine and putting tattoos in your, on your face. And how is that intelligent? And how is that, how is that respected? It's not justification for it. So it's at, at some point in time, it's like, like you can only be nice to a child for so long. Sometimes you got to smack a child. You got to spank them and you got to discipline them. Like, yo bro, like this is not what we doing. Like this is really, it's really not because it's not working, and and it keeps happening, and it keeps happening. Like you know what I'm saying, they're gonna keep mm -hmm. saying, "Well, sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes it is." And 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 we know that we can blame. We it's it's not even so much blame. It's looking at the interconnectivity of how these things get pushed out. If Kendrick Lamar and like J Cole is supposed to be some of the top rappers in the world and they don't rap about killing niggas, then how can you say, well, that's not what niggas want to hear? J. Cole drop a hot line, a hot bar all the fucking time, and he should go. You understand me? So it's like, this. you telling me that this is actually this is actually monetizable. Like, niggas is buying this. This is profitable to do. So how come that's not what's being pushed by the record labels? Because it's, The crazy you know, thing is, the most successful artists in the world, rap artists in the world right now, are Drake, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. None of them are gangster. 
Drake, every once in a while, Drake might, but nobody really looks at Drake. Drake's not like no yeah, gangster. Nobody believes that. It's like the the most successful business model is anti. It's anti that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All of these guys are presentable. All of these guys, none of these guys are rapping about, you know, just taking drugs 24-7. None of these guys is rapping about killing people 24-7. And they, they at the top, they at the Mount Rushmore of the situation. So if the most successful business model is something that is productive on a certain level, why wouldn't that be the blueprint? Bro, that's because that because PNB can get killed and robbed as a rapper and then YG can make a song on how to rob a rapper. We don't have no accountability in this culture whatsoever. That, we don't really care. That was something that was, and I, and I rock with I met him personally. We interviewed him for a revolt. But some things is right, some things is wrong. That's wrong. Why would you make a song called How to Rob a Rapper one week after a rapper got killed? Even if the song was recorded six months ago, even if that's not what you're talking about, it's insensitive to his family. And it's, it's, it's you trying to say how to rap a rapper when you yourself are a rapper. You right, just imagine, imagine if a, uh, see, this is, this is what we have to understand. Imagine if a Jewish man was killed and then you made a song on how to, how to, how to rob a Jewish man. The whole, the, 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 their community will be in uproar against that. Our community has to care. That's why. And so when we don't show we care and we forget about it, you understand me? Then we're complicit in it as well. And this ain't about YG, but it's just more so about how we're hypocritical when it comes to us mourning one thing and then celebrating the very thing that kills them. And so it's one of the quotes, my favorite quotes to think about the culture is that we'll die before we give up the thing that kills us. Yeah, and the whole, and the whole thing is just checking in. You're only making people that check in that look like you. You're not telling nobody, you're not telling an Italian man to check in, you're not telling a Jewish man to check in, because when a Jewish man comes and he said, and he, he's your landlord, and he says, you better have my money at the end of the month or you're getting kicked out, <laughs> you're going to rob a black man to give him your money. That's a fact. <laughs> you know what I'm like, we, we bullies in our culture. That's it. There ain't no gangster. No, there are no gangster rappers. I just want to put this out there. There are no gangster rappers whatsoever. You can't name me one gangster rapper. They're just bullies. See, a gangster's one who controls his community, who controls his family, who has operations set up. There ain't no gangster rappers. They're just bullies. Because that same gangster turns into a boy in front of the police. That same gangster turns into a boy in front of the contracts with the lawyers and the labels. That ain't gangster. There's nothing gangster about it. They, they sold us a gangster persona, but you can't show me. And I ain't talking about because you didn't kill the black man and you didn't got you a stripe in your eyes is glass because you ain't got no heart and no soul towards your own people. That ain't gangster. You understand me? Like, at this point in time, gangster is small under a God in the first place. You understand me? Like, that's, that's saying I'm still a boy and I ain't graduated. You understand me? Because I want to stay inspired by the things that have happened in the streets. That's not gangster. You got to be on the turn where, like, no, we, we, we godly towards each other. This is how we move. This is how we operate. You understand me? So, with, with, and, and we got to let, like, the world know, like, we be listening to that shit. We bomb to it. It sounds good. But at the end of the day, that ain't nothing we aspire to be like. We don't want to go back to the street and have to hunt each other because of proximity. You understand me? The issues or problems that we have with each other in the streets. I don't want to have to rob somebody. You know how low life that is for me to have to go rob another black man to feed myself and or my family? It's nothing to rap about for me to go literally have to sell crack to my people. And then I need to rap about that for the next 30 years 
because we consider that to be some fly shit, even though we talk about how that was the worst form of destruction that our people went through that killed the revolution. How you go rap about your complicity and our our mental destruction? Like we 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 feed into these things, we and then we justify them by saying, "Well, he got money." So that means that God, money has become your god. And as long as a nigga get money off the evils that he do, it's justified. Don't you know how sick that is in reality? So what we doing, and I'm going to stand on that, and I, I would love for anybody else to stand on any stage in the world that got an issue and tell them that they're doing more important work than what's going on over here. They're not. They can't tell me that all of the shit that you put out there is because we know the game behind the scenes because we understand business. It's, it's, it's based on ads and capital and, and, and revenue. You're doing this so that the corporations can have something to run the ad on. Because if you speak truth, they might ban you. But if you talk about killing each other, shit, we'll reward you by putting an ad on that shit so you can get paid so we can influence the same destructive culture to buy into our products. We all know the business model. It's a business model of death and destruction. So we got to create a different business model to be like, how do we monetize doing good? And that's what we do. We monetize doing good. So the more success that we have, the better the world is because it's a representation of we're actually selling. It's like a, a person selling vitamins. Well, if this man is selling billions of vitamins, that means that the world is getting healthier. That's what we're doing, though. We're selling health and life and construction to our people and education and enlightenment and options and, and, and business strategy and wealth, you know, and structure and setup. We're not selling death and destruction to nobody. So that means that you should pray that we become more successful because it's a representation that we got a better future coming about, that we put in our money where our, what our heart is and our spirit and where our mind is. So that's why I get frustrated and I'll be like, y'all need to act like, y'all think y'all can take this for granted and complain about the issue? That don't make no sense. That's like a person complaining about a virus the whole time and nigga like, yo, I got a cure. Be like, nah, bro, we talking about the virus right now. You're like, but what about the cure though? Nobody want to talk about this. Don't you know this is how we get rid of the virus? And everybody want to talk about the problem and everybody wants to ignore the solution. And we're the solution. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, all right, let's talk about the state of the culture. Kyrie. Oh, my brother. Good, good friend of yours. Um, I met him. I met him. I spent uh, a couple hours with him. I know he follows Ernie Alicia. He's been tapped in with us for a while. And I'm not I'm like his best friend. I met him one time, but meeting him and having a conversation about hip hop and about you know sports and about so much different stuff. And to me, the dude, that person, um, somebody that really you know struck me as somebody that's just really into receiving information and gaining information. That's the that's the vibe that I got from him. Um, good dude, to me. Yeah. Um, all right. So where are we at with this Kyrie Irving situation? That's my brother, man. I love my brother. Um, you know, there's a saying I seen uh, my brother Law post. He say, we criticize in private and we praise in public. That's the code, right? So I, I want to give praise to my brother first, Kyrie Irving, for being on an active campaign and journey to find himself um, boldly in front of the world. You know how hard that is to to have a platform where millions of people are judging you on a consistent daily basis. And at the same time, you're utilizing your platform while, you know, sacrificing yourself and losing hundreds of millions of dollars. Cause he lost a hundred million dollars. He said, standing up for what he believed was his beliefs during the, t the, the COVID hype, right. By not taking a jab. 
So first of all, I want to respect the brother for standing on integrity. You understand me? And I think that that's a thousand percent um, important. And, and that has to be recognized in the history and the lineage of the good brother Kyrie Irving. You understand me? And, you know, there's not too many people in the entertainment and the sports world that stand for anything anymore. Right. We've we seen Shaq, Charles Barkley, Kareem Abdul, Elijah Wan have all been weaponized against a young black man growing up in the same game that had made them famous. And instead of, I uh, imagine, reaching out and having personal conversations with him and trying to help give him mentorship and give him guidance, right? Instead, they go on public platforms, right? And they do the master's bidding, right? They want to talk about him. They want to call him names, right? They want to demean his talent and his opportunity. That's so disrespectful, Right. That's that's disrespectful to all black people in this world. That's disrespectful to all older men who's supposed to give constructive. The brother only 30 years old, he's 60s. And the thing that you can go on there is criticize and call the man out his name to where his son and his daughter and people of that nature or, or his wife is going to have to hear that. It's so disrespectful, number one. And it's the most off cold thing in a culture that could possibly happen. So there needs to be a conversation with them brothers, number one, right, about their behavior, right, that's completely anti-black. And, and number two, with brother Curry and anybody else, you know, because I think the most dangerous thing is that, you know, we can't continue to allow bullying to become a norm in our culture so that they can utilize that to spread fear and everybody else to stay in their place, right? Number one, I don't think he made any mistakes per se as far as him sharing content that he said that he watched or he wanted to watch because we all do that, right? I watch millions of movies uh, or thousands rather um, and I don't have to explain to anybody what I agree with or what I disagree with things. I think what we can do as a people is that when we are ready to speak, we have the ability to defend our truth. And we're only ready to speak when we have the ability and the thoughtfulness to defend that truth. And then we have to make sure that we are in active counsel with people that will allow us to gain the best thought leadership so that when we are in front of the world, we can speak with a clear representation of our peers' mind, right? Um, we know as, as a people, as a brother that's listening and actively engaging to understand him, right? When I listen to his press conference, I hear the brother actively explaining himself very clearly and everybody else understood what he was saying and what he meant. So this is no longer about him being clarified and what that meant. Now it's about them punishing him. Now it's about them weakening his position. Now it's about saying that, come on, none of the other, you other niggas in the NBA bet not ever think about being like no Kyrie Irving. We're going to show you. You understand me? And so for any of us to participate in that, right, it's dangerous. And one last thing is that there's this movie called Goodbye, Uncle Tom that everybody should watch. And there's this scene in the movie. And in the scene, there's this slave in the slave house and he's getting neutered. They're cutting off his bars. And the rest of the slaves, they, they're standing around and they're laughing. They're laughing. And the, the narrator, the pseudo documentary, he's explaining, he said, you know, they're, they're not particularly laughing because they are, you know, uh, enjoy, but they're laughing to cover up the pain, hoping that they don't be next. You understand me? 
And I think that that's what's happening. It's a bug breaking process, right? And the rest of them are actively campaigning on the side of Rome so that they don't be next because they're doing it completely out of fear. And so that we as a people can allow, you know, any, I'm going to just say it, any white man to actively admonish a black man on TV because this is America and nobody has been treated worse than black men and women in America. Nobody. And that's not even an argument that any people on this planet Earth can make. So when we look at the statistical challenges that black men face from a mental health standpoint, that we face from a gun violence standpoint, that we face from a disease standpoint, from a prison population standpoint, from a, a poverty standpoint, the most important topics in America is fixing the issues with black men. So you're talking about men of privilege and power that are owners of institutions and corporations that have hundreds of millions of dollars utilizing their power to go on TV and admonish a young man that utilized his talent and says that I am actively in a search to find myself because of what somebody else's ancestors did was robbing and robbing me of my own history from my people because of slavery. So if there was a people that understood that the most, you would imagine the sympathy that the Jewish community wants, then they should, they should act with some sort of empathy. They should act with an act of sympathy and they should open up a line of communication. But that's not what it's about. It's about a pure attack and it's about capitalists. It's about people that are at the top, right, making examples of people inside these franchises and these organizations. And so I believe that it's a very dangerous demonstration of what we're seeing right now. And I know that a lot of us lack the ability to, you know, um, give thoughtful commentary, which means that we should just shut up. But I like to see what my brother KD did is, you know, he said, listen, man, I don't, I don't want to see this. I think we're blowing things out of proportion. If you don't have nothing good to say, either say nothing or say something or were you empathetic about your brother, but never go against him. That's just well, that, disrespect set bad precedent. And that's my thing is I haven't watched the documentary, so I'm not even in, in I'm not prepared to even speak because I don't even I'm not I don't yeah, like I to speak about I like to speak things I'm not educated about. But I would say that, you know, from Shaq and once again, I rock with Shaq. We interviewed him. Could do to me. I crown Shaq, man. I'm gonna have to get my crown back. You keep acting no. like this. Good dude. Um but I just don't understand why don't you just say nothing at all? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is it so, why do you always have, and I'm not just saying him just in general, from Stephen A. Smith to whatever, why does it always have to be a public display of embarrassment and calling somebody out their name? Nobody else does that. Nobody else was calling him an idiot. And they Like, no white person was on state would calling him an idiot. It's only the black people. So why don't you just, mm -hmm. you don't even got to co-sign him. You could just be like, you know, I don't want to talk about that or, you know, that's not that's not up to me to, to figure out because it's not. It's not up to you to figure out. You mm -hmm. don't have to do. <laughs> you don't even have like you're right. going to, you're doing you're going an extra mile that nobody even asked you to go. All you had to do was just be like, you know, the NBA is going to figure it out. I, I don't you know, what I'm saying if, if he did that, then, you know, he shouldn't have did that or, you know, whatever da, da, da. to go and call him an idiot and all of it. It's like nobody you're doing things that's not even necessary to do that. Nobody else is doing. It's not even your nobody battle. asked you to do a car for. You're not even in a, you're not even in a position to have any authority on the situation. So why are you speaking on it? And, and, and it's, 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 it's violence. That's what it is. You understand me? It's verbal violence, and we can't wait to offend each other. You understand me? And I think that it's, it's disrespectful. And, and like I said, specifically to the young men that see that, like the example that they're setting to young men that see that, they're seeing a grown man. 
talk shit about for a lot of these young men who they idol, who they wear those, they wear his shoes, and they they love Kyrie Irving. And you go get on there and call him an idiot. It's the same thing when Obama went on TV and he called Kanye a jackass. You understand me? Like that's and, and whether he say it's supposed to be seen or not, like this is not good demonstration, right? From these men who's supposed to be in these positions that's supposed to be highly intelligent, right? That are uh, decade millionaires, right? That have influence that will reach millions of people. If you believe that the reason that you're saying this is because he's not utilizing his platform correctly because he has influence, then how are you going to go out and do the exact same thing when you know that there's a lot of violence in the street and the first thing you go do is speak violently against your brother? Yes, Isn't, but, but how are you using your platform correctly? But even Obama had enough, had enough wherewithal. Because if you remember when he said that, that was kind of off the record. He, he was yeah. like, hey, Put that, and they put it out there. At least he knew. He had enough common sense to say, don't put that out there. Charles, like, these dudes is going on. Like, this is premeditated when they doing this. It's not like... Well, we, know Charles, we know Charles Barkley ain't never on the right side of history. They doing yeah, this no. for no reason. That's the thing. But once again, this, is, this goes back to we have to point the blame at ourselves because we give too much influence and too much power to athletes and musicians as black people. We have right. too Charles Barkley don't need to have no influence. Charles Barkley don't need to have a voice because he's no. never anything that's he's never said anything that has been productive. Never in, in life, he's never said anything that's been productive. Why is he? Why does he have a voice? But see, that's the same thing with politicians. A lot of times is that politicians is not we we don't vote for politicians based on their intelligence, right? And this is the one of the primary things that is an issue fundamentally with society is that we're not picking people based on ability to solve a problem whatsoever, right? Otherwise, Biden would not be president. Biden is, it, it represents, you know, a very old white man who did not intelligently provide discourse and intellect that says that you are the best candidate. And, and it's the same thing when we looking at our culture and our people, there's absolutely no reason whatsoever from an intellectual standpoint to where you represent somebody who should have a voice on political issues. You don't know anything about political science. You don't have some high-level IQ. You haven't passed the test. You haven't showed an example whatsoever. So we got to start looking at who are actually qualified in the culture for our people to speak, right? So what's the point of, if, uh, of, of saying that, yo, y'all need to go get an education if the people that are most educated, right, are not the ones that represent us? And then why, they, why, what's the point they, of that? They do it so disrespectful. Like even, even when they when they try to prop up a, a black leader, it's Herschel Walker is running. Herschel Walker about to. Herschel Walker, he's sounding crazy out here right now, bro. He's sounding <laughs> so crazy. He sounds <laughs> crazy. It's like, what made Herschel Walker even qualified to be in that seat? Because he's Nothing. a right because he's, he didn't even have – he's not even a Hall of Famer. He had a mediocre NFL career, bro. Herschel Walker sounding so crazy right now. That's so disrespectful. He's been – it's not easy to get to this point where he's at right now. The fact that nah. he's at that point is so crazy. That's so it's crazy. how dumbed down we are. This, Yo, they, this is they, how dumbed down we are as a society, though. Like, look at this. Like, this is what I'm trying to tell y'all, like, Hip-hop has been dumbed down, you know, during that time work where um, 
Lupe Fiasco was talking about the dumbing down of hip hop, right? He was banned, right? Um, and his career was halted because they considered that to be too of intelligent rap. And he started talking about, you know, things that he believed to be true about the industry. And so they silenced him. But like Lupe Fiasco is a very intelligent man, right? But now we're at this point where hip hop has dumbed down so much. I mean, so much. Right. That is disrespectful for us to even listen to some of these remedial boys and to allow them to be the ones that influence your mind. Like, just, just think about that. Like, I mean, it's so dumbed down. Right. That even when somebody says something of intelligence, you say, well, no, nah, you can't. You don't, don't 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 talk too high level. They go, what? It's the high level conversation. Get millions of views. But y'all telling me that people don't want nothing high level. No, nigga, you just not high level and you don't want people to want anything beyond your level. That's what it is. You want to keep people dumbed down because you're not ready to raise up. That's all it is. That's like a, a, a man at the corner store saying that, nigga, don't be coming around here teaching people about health foods. I ain't going to sell none of that shit in here. How the fuck I'm going to capitalize? You're going to shut down my store. I don't care if it's not good for them. I don't care if it continue to increase the diabetes and the blood pressure and the disease and the arthritis and all this stuff. No, it's not good for business. So we got to realize that most of these niggas don't care about you, they don't care about no, they use the word culture, they don't give a damn about that. They don't give a damn about you, right? No, it's about whether it's going to line their pockets, whether it's profitable, because we have the most capitalistic culture on the planet Earth. And we now, we don't know how to be righteous and capitalist at the same time. We don't know how to sell a good product. We only know how to sell each other out. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. That is a fact, man. Oh, okay. It's it's so crazy, man. It's so crazy because there's a lot of good stuff that's happening in the world. And there's a, a lot, lot of stuff that's happening in our culture. Like I said, just to, you know, we talked about London. We talked about things that need, but it's like high-level conversation is rivaling the success of any any podcast. There's, there's mm -hmm. really no there's no show on YouTube or on Apple or Spotify that's, that is leaps and bounds over it. Um, so it's like to say that people are not interested in it, that's not actually true. That's not actually true. Because when you can drop a conversation for four hours, three and a half hours, talking about, you know, metaphysics and and biology and, and history, yeah. all of these different extraterrestrial activity, and, you know, three million people watch it, well, somebody's watching it. So yeah. People three million aren't people. Three and a half million. So where where are these people? If, if people are not interested, in earn your leash. Have one point two million followers on Instagram, and for us to have fourteen thousand people at InvestFest and four thousand people in London, somebody's interested. Somebody's interested. Mm. Man, let's float. So this shit is so raw. Excuse my language, but London, man. Listen, first of all, it was twelve thousand people in Atlanta, three thousand plus people in Europe. Nobody has went to Europe. There's, listen, it's never been done. There's not a rapper on the planet Earth that did that before. There's not a billionaire that's in our culture that did that before, a decade millionaire. There's nobody that did this before. This is the first time in history. You got to understand what that represents. Like, y'all know we in a different kind of time where black men can literally go fly over to London, you understand me, and shift the whole culture. Like, y'all know how raw that is? We don't have a blog culture to be talking about it all day. Like, this is not talked about on the news all day long. So we don't understand how important that is. Why? But imagine if, 
You understand me? Shade Room was posting it three, four times in Baller Alert and, and, and Hollywood Unlocked, right? In Spiritual World and all of these blog sites was talking about it. You'd be like, damn, that was amazing. That was historical. That was crap. What they do? How did they do that? And right? just, a, just a perspective of like Royal Albert Hall, I believe it was built by Queen Catherine for her son, Albert. So the, the, it's not just mm. a name. Oh, this is actually, Royal Albert Hall is actually it's a royal. It's built by the royal family, right? Mm -hmm. So, for from some perspective, um, the the royal family has they have boxes in Royal Albert Hall that only the royal family actually can go to. Once again, the Beatles played the Royal Albert Hall. Adele, like the Queen, has spoken at the Royal Albert. Like this is the venue that it is, right? So when I was thinking Einstein. of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, for sure. So when thinking about, you know, you might have seen me come out with the flag. So when I was talking, when I'm thinking, I, I was, I, the day as a day of, I'm like, yo, something inspired me. Like, I want a flag. I want to come out with a flag. And I hit my guy, Dio, Charlie Dio. He's from there. And I'm like, yo, how would people feel? How would black people feel about a flag? Because I'm like, if you're in America and you're waving an American flag in front of black people, they're not jacking it. He was like, he was like, all about how you do it. He's like, how you do it. So he gave me the idea. So what we did was we played the national anthem, All Hail the Queen, for like 20 seconds. People was confused. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then and then we switched it to gigs. If get gigs is the biggest artist in London. That's like when Jay-Z said, uh, I see a lot of Hovind gigs. Um, he has a song called Talking the Hardest, which black people in, in Britain refer to as a national anthem. That's what they call their national anthem. Google it. So when we switched the national anthem to the black national anthem, Talking the Hardest, and came out with that flat. It was so disrespectful, bro. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and, and, and so look, look. You know, you was behind. You was, you was in the back when I was talking to the to the brother Minister Abdul out there, and he told me, he, he, you know, I always knew that Minister Farrakhan banned from the UK. So it was actually Tariq Nasheed. Um, and but he said that you know when he got banned he said the real albert hall is what he actually had booked and he telling me this right before i go on stage so he put a battery in my back i ain't gonna lie i said oh i gotta walk out there godly i said i need the brothers to come out with me we already had it planned for jay electronica a song to play right so the energy walking out there it just felt like you know number one regardless of what happens right because they actually sued and one, the minister, the brother that was out there that you met, he actually sued and won. So they actually had to pay uh, millions of dollars in their legal fees and everything. But they, they and it was overturned, but they didn't honor it, right? Which is crazy. But anyway, it, it, it just represented an extension. And I just felt like, you know, we was really making the ancestors proud coming out there doing that. And just felt like we was doing something way bigger than ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like we was a representation you know, for the world to see. And that's why I want people to really understand that, like, this is not this is not something that just happens in the world. This is not just something that you book. People actually got to show up. People actually got to care, right? This is, this, is, this is from years and years worth of work and putting in work every single day, right? This is not just, you know, people came to a concert, but at the same time, we created something new, 
where this can replace, right, entertainment because it was it was inspiring and it was entertaining, but it was so valuable that you can literally come there and get information real quick on a Saturday night and change your life and go back home. But if you go to a concert, you go listen to the music, you turned up, you go back home, life is the same. So now we're creating these opportunities where we're injecting value, you understand me, into these households, and, but people are interacting with it and taking a budget that they normally have for entertainment and they're changing their habits. Because we know for a fact the habits of the culture need to change. So for me, experiencing that was different than even experiencing you know, Invest Fest in Atlanta because Invest Fest in Atlanta was like three days, but this was like, you know, a quick culture shock, right? And, and and now I can see people saying that, damn, instead of me picking this concert, I'm about to go to EYL in them concert. I'm about to go to Invest Fest. You understand me? I get to have a good time. I get to enjoy myself. I get to learn something, right? Like, and if we did that habitually over time for years, where would we be at? Because if we take all of the money that we spend, and no disrespect to the artists, because y'all y'all can always collaborate with us, but if if we if we look at all the money that we spend on you know entertainment and going to concerts, same way if we can go watch a movie, right? Shout out to Wakanda. But what's the difference if all black people in America watch high level conversations versus Wakanda? You actually go get some value from the high level conversation. You may be inspired by Wakanda, but the value of actually getting an education is what we need. It's a different level. So we just got to look at, like, we have a 1.5 trillion spending power. So it's not about us particularly making more money, but it's how our habits are aligned with our spending so that we can change it into investing in ourselves. And that changes the culture overnight, just what we get attention to. And the thing about it is that our culture is still new. It's in its infancy stages. Like, we don't have thousands of years or hundreds of years. Of, we got, like, 150 years of course like hip-hop just started 50 years ago this is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop like we just so i say i have to say we have opportunities to create we're, we're still adding on to our culture less, less than that shit 1964 brothers just got civil rights yeah so i feel like for us like you know this edutainment thing is a new add-on piece to it could become like a real part of our culture and ritual where you're going and you're getting entertained because it's a vibe at the end of the day too you're getting entertained you know what I'm saying? Like you're having fun, but you're being educated, you're learning, and you're making great relationships, and you're being inspired. And that is a model for the world. Model for the world because how we do the edutainment thing in, in America with yeah. shots and shot circle of CEOs, you know, they do their events and um you know, of course Invest Fest and you know, anybody else that does an event similar to that where, you know, it's kinda like it's a vibe. You got musicians, you got a VIP experience, you got, you know, education, it's all vibe, right? They don't have that. They wasn't used to that in Europe. They never you know, they don't have that type of thing. So that was the first time where they actually experienced that to have mm. a party the night before and and then you know that the vibe and then a DJ playing For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.